In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our sermon text comes from today's Gospel reading, and I shall reread these verses for you. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Thus ends our text. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. In May of 1871, French archaeologist Charles Simon Clermont Gagnon discovered a peculiar block of limestone in the old city of Jerusalem. The limestone bore an inscription in Koine Greek, which has been translated as follows. No foreigner is to go beyond the balustrade and the plaza of the temple zone. Whoever is caught doing so will have himself to blame for his death, which will follow. It has been determined that this stone had at one time been part of the wall separating the inner Jewish court from the outer court of the Gentiles in Herod's temple. The inscription prohibited non-Jews from gaining access to the sacred location where God was worshipped. This prohibition was in keeping with the chief function of the Code of Holiness in Leviticus 12 through 26, separating the Israelites, those, those cleansed by God, from the unclean Gentiles. Thus a person needed to receive cleansing and purification through the law before they were permitted to enter the inner temple court and worship the Lord our God. Today's gospel text invites us to pause and reflect on the nature of worshiping God. Why do we come to worship services? To hear God's word and receive the benefits of Christ's suffering and death? Is it out of duty and obligation? Are we fulfilling the law's demand to honor the Sabbath day and keep it holy out of fear that if we do not, we risk losing God's grace? Are we trying to earn God's favor by our own pious observation of his decrees? Is that why we're here? Is it possible that we do not appreciate or realize the awesome gift we have in being permitted to worship the Lord Almighty in his very presence? The account of the ten lepers in Luke's gospel offers us all the opportunity to look closer at the motivation behind our worship. The text tells us that Jesus was journeying to Jerusalem. It would not be the first time that the one who built the earth's foundation traveled to the city which had killed the prophets and stoned those who were sent to it by God. Now, Jesus was no stranger to the place at which he would give his life to atone for sin. Our Lord was aware of the prohibition inscribed on the outer wall of the temple's inner court. That is why he refers to the Samaritan leper who returned to him after being cleansed as a foreigner. This Samaritan, this uncircumcised descendant of foreigners who were settled in the land by the Assyrian Empire, this man was suffering the death sentence of leprosy, not unlike those who 
are unrepentant of their sin. There is a very real leprosy of the heart which plagues our world, our society. Yes, even our own hearts and minds as minds are dulled to the truth of God's word and hearts become as hard as stone by their sin to the grace poured out for them by Jesus. This Samaritan man and nine others dying from their leprous skin met Jesus as he entered the village on his way to Jerusalem. They cried out to him, Iesu, epistata, eleison, hemas. Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. They cried out as men living under the consequence of their sin. They cried out for salvation. These men, unfit to worship God, doomed by their infection, pleaded for mercy with the Lord of heaven and earth in their despair. Yet only one of them realized the full magnitude of what they had been permitted to do. Upon seeing them, Jesus commanded that they show themselves before the priests. His order directed their attention to Leviticus 14 and the legal requirement whereby a person who was cleansed from an infectious skin disease was to be inspected by the priest. Upon finding the person cleansed, the priest would present their offering of a sacrifice to the Lord to make atonement for the cleansed person. The ten lepers departed for the temple in Jerusalem with the anticipation that they would be healed, and indeed they all were. Yet, only the outcast, the Samaritan, the foreigner, had his eyes of faith open to see what the Levitical law was pointing to. Turning back, he presented himself before the true high priest and offered the sacrifice of thanksgiving and praise to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, bowing in humble reverence before Yahweh in the flesh. Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, the true temple of God on earth, had heard his cry, seen his suffering, and had granted him mercy. The Lord then responded with stunning questions. Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? These questions should rattle us to our core. This was no ordinary healer. This wasn't just some guy capable of supernatural medical procedures, which removed the infection, but left the person without everlasting hope. This was the one who was lifting the curse of sin bestowing salvation from the Lord Almighty. These lepers who were cleansed had their sins placed upon Jesus, while Jesus took upon himself the infirmity of their sin. The ones who were unclean were made clean by the one who was forever clean, Jesus. Yet the nine did not return to him, the indication is that these men did not realize the awesome permission they had been granted to worship God in his immediate presence. Do we see worship like that? Do we miss the awesome truth of who is present with us here and now in our worship of him? Have we missed the blessed truth that our being permitted to worship is a divine gift? Do we take for granted 
that we are brought into the presence of God when we worship him in spirit and truth, in the communion of all the saints, both past and present. Are we like the nine, who in fulfilling their duty by going to the priests, missed the profound blessing of giving thanks and praise to the Lord of heaven and earth? Jesus continued his response to the now clean Samaritan who bowed before him in humble reverence. Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? This man, who was without a doubt barred from entering the inner court of the temple, now worshiped before the one to whom the temple's worship was directed. His praise and thanks were the sacrifice he made in the presence of the true God. God the Son was marching toward the altar of the cross to put an end to the insufficient animal sacrifices which only pointed to the all-sufficient sacrifice he was going to make. Jesus then spoke these words to the man who worshipped before him. Arise and go. Your faith has saved you. This faith he had in Christ, this faith which was a gift from God, was in fact true salvation given to him. The man who had cried out to Jesus for mercy, who had appealed to his authority as the master of all, believed who Jesus was and worshipped him. We might not always arise to go to church with the awareness that it is not our own doing that brings us here. We might often take for granted the faith we have which sees Christ for who he truly is. The Son of God. The second person of the Trinity. Whose name we call upon for salvation. In our haste to meet, to meet the demands and requirements of our everyday life, we too easily treat our attendance and worship as another item on today's to-do list. We have to dress accordingly. We have to bring our tithes and offerings. We have to get here by a certain time. We have to. We have to. We have to. Well, Christ didn't necessarily have to. God was not bound by duty to save sinners from their sin. It was his gracious will to do so. It is the glory of God to speak faith into the hearts of men and turn them from their sins toward him. It is God's gracious will to call you his own as he gave his son over to death so that you and I could live forever with him. There isn't any inscription on a stone block barring you from coming before him. No demand to be met on your part. The only stone block standing in your way is the hardness of sin which draws your attention away from Christ and toward the demands you have to meet. And yet, there is Jesus, the Word of God, coming to you with the power of the Holy Spirit to increase your faith so that you see him for who he truly is. Listen to the words now that he spoke to the Samaritan. Arise and go. Jesus wasn't telling him to get lost now that he was clean to skedaddle off somewhere so that the Lord could continue about his business unabated. No, Jesus was bestowing upon him the benediction to depart from worship in peace, knowing God's favor was upon him. 
to see with his own eyes the great sacrifice which paid the price for his and everyone's salvation. That is what we are shown when we hear the gospel preached. That same benediction he gives to us in our worship of him, just as he blessed his disciples on the night he was betrayed when he said, do this in remembrance of me. This Lenten season, we are journeying with Christ to Jerusalem, to the cross where our sins were atoned for. We don't have to follow Jesus to the cross out of duty or to meet some demand. We are graciously permitted to do so. The Lord has opened wide the gates of heaven through his all-availing sacrifice and now bids all of us to arise out of the slump of our everyday routines and journey with him throughout our lives as he remains with us in his word and his sacrament. As he went to the cross to offer his service to mankind, we too get to offer our services to others. As it was his gracious will to pour out his life for us on the cross, may it be our will to worship him and offer our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving, never forgetting the blessing we have been given to worship him and receive his grace. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.